Hi, I'm Kanika, and you're listening to That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast, where I interview public figures on their life lessons in parenting, legacy, and built-in sixth sense. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland, and you're checking out That's Total Mom Sense. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton, and my experience on That's Total Mom Sense was fantastic. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Thank you to my guests, brand partners, community, and you for making this show possible. Episodes release every Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can join my tribe by logging on to thatstotalmomsense.com and by following me on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at Kanika Chadda Gupta. Now let's dive in to today's episode. And now a word from our sponsors. Hi, it's Kanika. Do you dream about being able to take your kids to the park on a random weekday and have a career that fuels your creativity? Yes, this is actually possible. And that's why I partnered with Amanda Rush Holmes, founder of Full-Time VA, to sponsor this episode. What's the answer, you ask? Becoming a virtual assistant. As a virtual assistant, you can offer the services you want to offer, set your own rates, work the hours you want to work, and be your own boss. Now you might be thinking, that sounds too good to be true. How do I get started? Amanda has put together a free training on how to become a virtual assistant that makes full-time income with part-time hours. And as a special gift for that Total Mom Sense listeners, when you go to thefulltimeva.com backslash momsense, Amanda is also including a bonus free guide, the VA Kickstarter Workbook. So visit thefulltimeva.com backslash momsense for the free training and guide. Today's episode is with Amanda Rush Holmes, CEO of the Virtual Assistant Studio. We're going to be covering what it's like to work behind the scenes with bloggers and influencers, how the scope of social media is shifting, the role of mindset in being a successful business owner, how to make six to seven figures without a large social media following, how to craft the perfect pitch, and how to build a team that is equipped to scale. Listen in. Are you burnt out doing the admin, accounting, and email correspondence for your business or personal brand in addition to managing your home and taking care of your family? You are not alone. And thankfully, there are professionals out there who can help you take a load off. Today, I'm joined by Amanda Rushholms, who knows this conundrum all too well as an entrepreneur and busy mom. So she aimed to find a resolution. Amanda is the CEO of the Virtual Assistant Studio and host of the Millennial Mom Movement Podcast. The VA Studio is a virtual assistant agency that supports bloggers and influencers. Amanda teaches moms how to build profitable virtual assistant businesses in her signature course, Full-Time VA. She built a six-figure online business in just four weeks, all in the middle of a global pandemic. She's committed to spreading her knowledge on the inner workings of the influencer world, how to grow and scale with a small audience and a small budget, and how to generate consistent revenue all while working less. When she's not whipping up new marketing strategies or helping women and moms scale their businesses, you'll find Amanda running around after her two boys, iced coffee in hand. Amanda, welcome to That's Total Mom Sense. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. 
I am just so amazed at how you started a business from scratch and one that all of us need at our disposal. Would you say you were a born entrepreneur? Oh my gosh, absolutely not. When I used to think about the word entrepreneur as a child and even as a teenager, I related it to what they would title people on The Bachelor who didn't have jobs. I was like, <laughs> oh no, this is risky. This is scary. I'm a stable person. I like a five-year plan. I am, you know, on a straight path. I'm like, I'm going to be top of my class. I'm going to go to college. I am going to get a great corporate job. And then I'm going to live happily ever after in a fancy apartment in New York City. Some of that happened, but not all of it. And so to, <laughs> to think that, oh my gosh, here I am now running my own business. I had, I never had any intention of doing that. So it's a little bit of a pinch me moment, if I'm being honest. How did you break into this online business world? I stumbled into it unintentionally. I sometimes joke, I have a virtual assistant agency. Didn't know that the word virtual assistant existed five years ago. Didn't know that was a thing. And I tell people, I'm like, sometimes I didn't realize I was a virtual assistant until I actually became one. And truly it was born out of passion. So for me, I was always drawn to the online business world. I found the strategies of the online business world intriguing because they were so they were similar to what you would think of when you think of a corporate strategy, but also just vastly different. And it was almost like a playground because you got to choose your own path. And so when I stumbled into this, it was in the middle of the pandemic. I had been laid off from my corporate job. I had a tiny baby literally crawling around at my feet. My husband had COVID and I was in this really unique situation where I was like, okay, it is time to make money. And we need to do this creatively. And I was like, what felt fun for me? And that is when I stumbled into being a virtual assistant. And that is when I created the business. And before I had known it, it was a full-fledged six-figure business <laughs> within the matter of a month. And I was like, okay, I think I might be onto something here. So you were working as a VA. That's how it started? Yes. I started out solopreneur on my own, working as a virtual assistant. And in that process, that was really when I was found my commitment to my mission, which is being able to help other moms, because I started sharing about my story on social media. And I was like, this is very cool. I was able to leave my corporate job, replace my income, and then some, and I'm still able to be home with my child. I can show up as the type of mom that I want to be, as a type of wife that I want to be. And I noticed this huge shift in myself and my identity and my overall happiness. Not that I was unhappy per se in my corporate job. It just didn't exactly create the life that I wanted for myself or my family. And that's when I was like, other people need to know about this. And so I was like, okay, one, I can hire other moms to work with me to do this alongside of me. And two, those who don't want to work with me, I can teach them how to do this themselves. And so that's really where, if you fast forward to today, how we got here. If you don't mind me asking, so when you were a VA, who were you working for? I started out in general admin and I took on any and every client that was willing to give me pennies. I mean, mm. I was like, just, I need some experience. I need to dip my toes in. And so that probably lasted like a month. And then I was like, okay, I definitely see myself in this specific niche, which for me, I was really drawn to the influencer space because I was interested in it. I felt like there was a lot of opportunity and I felt like that is where my skill set was put to best use. And all of the clients that I landed in those beginning days, I still work with. 
So we still work together, same clients. They're amazing. I can't say enough great things about them. And it's beautiful because they've really turned into friendships as well, because we've been working together for so long. And there's such a level of mutual respect because a lot of these people, when they first hired me, I was their first hire ever, period. Right. And so some of them now they have other team members, which is really cool. And we've been able to build up the business and we were really able to get in on the ground with them and, and watch them grow as well as them watching us grow too. So it's been really cool. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. Tell us some of the tasks that you do for influencers and bloggers. In the title virtual assistant, obviously we're focusing on the virtual side of things, the back side of things. I think one misconception about bloggers and influencers and any really type of content creator is there is a lot that goes into every single piece of content and every single piece of content is very strategically made. And it may not always seem like that, right? Because you're seeing somebody on their phone, it seems very just organic and kind of on a whim, like, oh, I pulled my phone out, I'm in my car. And there's a lot more strategy that goes into all of those little moments that you see across social media. And what, where we really come into play is helping them with that back-end content creation. So typically our content creators are amazing at doing things like YouTube videos and reels and TikToks, but it's taking that one piece of content and sort of sprinkling it across the internet. So we're thinking, how can we help them with affiliate linking? How can we turn that into an email list that we can build and monitor? How can we create SEO optimized blog posts out of that one reel or one YouTube video and drive more traffic to their website? How can we utilize Pinterest to get more eyeballs on their website? Do they need to have a podcast that we can create to help expand their audience? There's so many different ways that we help them on the back end. And we're really thinking about not just the content creation at hand, but their business as a whole. And I think that's new. And that was one of the reasons why I was so eager to get into the space is because a lot of content creators, when they set out to share things on Instagram, they had no intention of building a business. And I love business. I think that's so fun. And so the idea of meshing the content creation, which is fun, you get to talk about fashion and home decor and lifestyle and cool tips and tricks and all these things that you probably wouldn't have access to otherwise if social media didn't exist. Now we're able to take that and turn it into a business strategy. Okay, how can we monetize this? How can we serve your audience better? How can we grow your business? That's just brilliant. I mean, I'm excited for our consult because <laughs> I would love to hear how those who are content creators and, and podcasters can go the other way. And, you know, I feel like it's important for us to know that there is a way to monetize content and really promote content, no matter which vertical you're in and which medium you're using. Absolutely. And I think that's what's so cool about it is you get to decide as the business owner, okay, which media makes sense for me? What feels the most natural? And now how can I get more people onto this platform or expand that to other platforms once we've gotten really good about that? What's it like working with content creators? Are they, you know, open-minded or, you know, just for those who are curious? Well, it's a lot of fun if I'm being honest. I mean, I think the most important thing to think of is they're just normal people. I think it's Mm -hmm. so easy to sort of celebritize people on Instagram that might have a large following or a large TikTok following or maybe a large subscriber audience on YouTube, whatever that looks like and be like, oh my gosh, this person's amazing. But at the end of the day, they're just normal people. They're living their lives. They have families and 
the funnest thing about working with them is a lot of times they are open to ideas. And so we might come to them and be like, hey, we noticed this is trending or we think this might fit really well with your audience or what do you think about trying out this strategy? And a lot of times they're down for it. I mean, every now and then they'll be like, I don't know about that. That doesn't feel right. But for the most part, they're like, yeah, let's do it. And so I think it's that collaboration that keeps us going because that's what's fun, right? Like we get to come together and collaborate and then we get to help them execute. So social media is constantly evolving. One day Clubhouse is in and the next it's not. Snapshot is all the rage. And then we're all about TikTok. According to Statista, in 2021, the number of brand-sponsored influencer posts on Instagram surpassed 3 million, making the global Instagram influencer market a $15 billion business. As for other social media platforms, Facebook has 2.91 billion monthly users. YouTube has 2.5 billion, WhatsApp at 2 billion, and Instagram and TikTok are the fastest growing among Gen Z and beyond. So what do you think is most important for us to really recognize when it comes to social media and how it's evolving? Well, there's a lot of things you touched on there. One, I love those statistics because it puts a lot of validity into the fact that social media is its own ecosystem at this point. Like a lot of times people trivialize it and they're like, oh, it's, you know, it's not, they don't take it seriously or whatever, and they don't see the opportunity there. But I think as a business owner and a content creator myself, when I hear those numbers and when I'm future casting of like, what does this mean for us? I see it as like a big pot of opportunity. And even thinking through, I think sometimes we get a little burnt out. We're like, oh gosh, like I have to learn this new platform. And like you said, it's Clubhouse and then it's Snapchat and then it's TikTok and it's Instagram. But I think the one thing to hone in on is thinking about as a business owner, who is my audience, whether you're an influencer or you have an online business or a brick and mortar business and thinking about what platform is my audience on and how are they consuming content and how can I create content that helps connect them to my brand through a story. And I think part of the reason that you see some social media platforms come and go is because of what is happening around us. Clubhouse made sense during COVID because people were home and they were listening to podcasts and they had more time to dedicate. Now they don't have that time. They need quicker They need quicker mediums because they have less free time because they're back at work and they're commuting and their lives look different than what it did during the pandemic. TikTok was just smart enough to make it so that it was more engaging and they have different features. And TikTok, as you know, is a highly addictive platform. Yes. And I give them credit for that because they were like, well, people are hopping on Snapchat, but then they're getting bored with it and they're leaving. And they thought, how can we serve our audience better and create a medium that keeps them on the platform? And I think same thing of Instagram, they're very reactive of their audience and listening to the feedback that they're giving and creating changes based on what their audience are saying. I mean, they just announced recently that now they're shifting back to more static posts because people are like, I miss seeing pictures. I love video, but I also want old IG back. So they're figuring out a way to mesh that together. And I think instead of being overwhelmed by all the platforms, picking one or two that feel right for you and diving all in with that is a really great way to go. Yes, totally agree. I think you can't necessarily be a jack of all trades. And so why not focus on a few and master those and really like hone in and build your audience where you feel most comfortable. 
And at the end of the day, I mean, your audience, they care about your brand and whatever it is that you're selling, but more importantly, they care about you. And yes. so if you can tell a story that then encompasses your brand, you're going to have people that stick around and that's how you build your audience. Social media isn't really that complicated. I think a lot of times people get overwhelmed and they're like, I don't know what to post or what to create or whatever. Start with your story and build it from there. What are some of the shifts that you foreshadow in the future? What are we going to be using, you know, a decade from now? That's such a good question. I sometimes think about that because I have two kids. And so I'm like, I wonder what social media will look like for them because everything comes full circle. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of those old quote unquote type of social media and even features of Instagram come back full circle and they make them new again in some shiny shift in one form or another. I think at the end of the day, people are looking to simplify their life and they're looking to feel a sense of connection. And a lot of times that's why they go to social media because they they want a sense of connection. They want to hang out with their friends or they want to learn a new trick on the best way to make chicken in the crock pot or like how to decorate their house. And so they're looking for ways to sort of escape their reality, but also still make it fun. And so I think whatever platform is able to fuel that without making it too complex is going to be the one that people are on. I think that's why you saw that shift away from Facebook is because Facebook got so complex that people were like, okay, I'm done with this. And they moved on over to Instagram because it was simple. As Instagram continues to become more complex, you notice that features are dropping off. They completely changed the layout of Instagram last year to be more shopping focused, but nobody was using it as a shopping platform. So they were like, oh, maybe we're not a shopping platform. Maybe Mm. we are just a social media platform. So now you're seeing them shift back to that. So I think it'll be interesting, but I do think it's going to come full circle at some point. And how can content creators make six to seven figures without a large social media following? It's less about the following and it's more about the right people following you. You can have a million followers, but if people aren't your right people, they're not going to buy from you. It's interesting because one of our clients, she's actually an influencer and she teaches people also, she has a course on like how to become an influencer. And inside of that, she always talks about how if you cannot sell to the 10 people that are following you who actually care about you, then you're not going to be able to sell when you have 100 million followers. So I would focus less on the total number and more on who it is that's following you. The other thing is less from an influencer standpoint and more from a business owner standpoint. Typically, when somebody's looking for a solution, they go to the search bar of Instagram, they type in what they're looking for, and they immediately make a decision based on your profile they may not be following you for weeks on end before they make a decision. They may look for a solution, you have their solution, and then they instantly make the decision and purchase, which means you may not need a large audience to be able to convert that person into a leader, a sale, and you could focus more on creating a hub, almost as if it's like a mini website for your audience so that when they do land on your profile, they say, yes, you're the right person for me. And how do you create the perfect pitch? It really comes down to personalization and taking the time to understand who it is that you're pitching. For instance, if I was going to pitch you and I was like, hey, I would love to be on your podcast. 
here's why I think I would be a good fit. I'm not going to be like, Hey, I'm Amanda. I'm the best thing ever. And you should have me on your podcast. (laughs) I'm instead going to learn something about you. And I should have probably listened to your podcast before I'm like, Hey, can I be on your podcast? And so I think one, a level of research to understand who it is that you're pitching and how you can help serve them. When you're pitching somebody cold, which is meaning that you've never talked to this person before, it's really important to make sure that whatever it is that you're pitching is mutually beneficial. So if you make it all about you and you receive that pitch, that doesn't feel super great. But if you're like, hey, I think this would be a value to your audience. I think this might be exciting for them. Um, You haven't had a guest on talking about this specific topic before. I have this unique spin. And then putting that in the pitch is the best way to get a response because you're not just saying, hey, you should have me on your podcast and I'm amazing. It's like, here's something of value. I think this could work for both of us. What advice do you have for moms out there who feel so inundated? They know they want to make money and they're just kind of like, what options do I have with my busy schedule? A friend of mine who she's the founder of Hustle Like Mom, she says from drop off at 8 a.m. to pick up at 2, it's like 2 p.m., you turn into a pumpkin. And you got to go, you know, pick up the kids and you're kind of on with them the rest of the day. So for those in that dynamic, how can they still see success? Well, as someone who is very much in that phase of life, I can say with confidence, it's really digging into, I think as a mom, sometimes we lose ourselves in the schedules. We're like, okay, we only have these four hours and I cannot work a full-time job within those four hours. But I think that's the beauty of being a virtual assistant or somehow working in the online space is you get to choose who it is that you work with, when you work with them and the projects that you work on. So you can really build your life around your job. And that's such a beautiful gift. And for that mom, that's like, I have literally zero skills. Nobody's going to hire me. I am going to challenge you to ask yourself, what do you enjoy doing? If somebody is constantly asking you, for advice, what are they asking you for advice on? Is it that you're really good at organizing? Is that you're really good at project management? Maybe you're super creative and you can create graphics. Like there's literally a million things that business owners are looking for support with. And trust me, if you're good at one of those things, they will hire you and they will not care that you're only working between the hours of eight and two, as long as the job is getting done. True. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think that's what's so revolutionary about the remote working model is let's focus on the output rather than, you know, the nine to five timeframe. I remember being in my corporate job thinking like, wow, I could definitely have done this in like five hours. Like I, you know, like I wasted a lot of time, like talking to my coworkers, right? you know, I don't know, you kind of like whittled the day away. And if you think about it, I mean, it's true, right? Like how mode I think about my own team because we have a hundred percent remote team and all the people on my team are moms. And it is amazing the amount of work that they can get done because a lot of them are in that season of life where they only have a short window, you know, usually from like eight or nine in the morning until maybe like one or two, sometimes three in the afternoon before they have to go get the kids or pick them up or take them wherever they need to go. And they are highly motivated to make sure that they do their tasks correctly and they get them done because they know they only have that window. And it's kind of cool to see like when somebody's motivated, oh yeah, like some work can happen if they're in the zone. 
Yes, absolutely. Through the virtual assistant studio, you work with those who are virtual assistants and then you help them secure clients that are, you know, in the content creation space. Yeah. So we do, we have what's called daily job drops within our program, full-time VA, where we basically connect them to people who are looking. And so these job drops vary depending on obviously what business owners and what niche you're in and that kind of thing, but they pretty much span all the different niches that are the most popular for virtual assistants working in the online space. And that's just a really easy way to be like, okay, here's five opportunities today. If you're ready for any one of these five, like here they are at, at your fingertips. Wow. And they can just be task-driven. Like the person who's putting out the post could say, I only need like 10 hours this week and someone can kind of pick up that job. Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes we'll have people say like, I have this project and I just really need somebody to design like this, I don't know, 100 slide deck and I need it done by next Friday because I have a presentation. We'll be like, okay, cool. Job drop. And then we send it over to our people. Wow. Oh, wow. I love how seamless that is and how efficient you are. And what are some of the hourly rates and salaries that one can expect? I would say the baseline is going to be $20 an hour, and then it tears up from there. And it really tears up from there based on your level of expertise. I think in most people in the beginning are going to start on that lower range and then just work their way up from there. And then if you get to a place where you don't want to take on like the random projects and you're like, I would just rather work with one or two clients, a lot of times they'll move over from an hourly rate to a retainer package. And those salaries can be 55, 65, 75, 85,000 and, and tier up from there. Again, it's going to be on the level of expertise that you have and also probably the, the niche. And part of that too might depend on the workload. So obviously if it's a larger workload, there might be a larger salary attached to it as well. What is the mindset that you've kind of employed now that you're an entrepreneur and you're helping moms you know, figure they, their way out through this space as well? Gosh, that's a great question. My personal mindset, I think really it's just coming from a place of gratitude. I feel so grateful to be in this position personally for my own family and to be able to show up well as a mom. That was always something that I always wanted to be a mom. And so now that I am, it was challenging for me to not be there for those special one-time moments. And now I don't feel like I ever miss anything. If anything, I'm like, I might need a break from you guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> so um, I, yeah, just a place of gratitude. Tell me about your motherhood experience. My motherhood experience has been interesting. We, we actually struggled for about three years with fertility. We went through a series of five miscarriages oh, and then. So sorry. Luckily, we are on the other side of it and to a place where it feels okay to talk about it. But gosh, going through it, I mean, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Mm -hmm. And it sucks because so many people walk that path and they walk it alone a lot of times. And so it's the worst. But yes, we decided to do IVF. And so we went through fertility treatment and we got our beautiful first born son after that, which was amazing. He was the best (laughs) gift ever. And in that journey, we really did a lot of testing and research and just a lot of doctor visits and things like that. And we decided that if we were going to have a second child, if we would be blessed with that, that we would 
give it a try for a natural child instead of going the IVF route because we had worked so hard on like all of the health issues by like literally the grace of God, we were given our second son. He joined us last year. And so we have two boys. Um, That's amazing. I love it. It's crazy. And it's, I mean, they're wild and crazy, but they're also the sweetest, tiniest little mini humans we could ask for. And so my house is a mess, but our hearts are full. So that's a win. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. A curious point that I discovered was, you know, oftentimes people would say, now you have to kind of give up a lot of stuff, make the sacrifices and uh, around work, um, being uh, a mom. But I'd beg to differ and say that parenthood actually makes you a better leader. And it makes you way more intentional about the work that you're doing and the impact that you want to create. So parenthood isn't a deterrence at all. It's in fact a springboard. It's about how you know, being a mom has actually made you a better CEO. In so many more ways than I can count. I tell people all the time, the virtual assistant studio would not exist if my children didn't exist. Because Mm. I think when you have kids and even multiple kids, each time you have a child, you become this new version of yourself. And for me, it's like I had this intense clarity around the type of mom that I wanted to be and what I wanted our life to look like. And I wanted it to be one that was filled with joy and happiness and not stress and not a mom that wasn't present and wasn't had to always say no and wasn't there for bedtime. And everybody's motherhood journey looks different. And that's not to shame anybody that chooses a different way. That was just personally what I wanted my life to look like. And so having my kids made me such a better leader in the sense of it made me a stronger person. It made me extremely driven because I thought about what type of role model do I want my boys to see? Like what type of mom and what type of female are they going to view me as? And so it's so cool to be able to say like, yeah, mommy does work during these hours, but mommy's doing this for us and our family. It's because mommy's helping these other people and mommy cares about this just as much as she cares about you. And like those two can coexist. You don't have to choose one or the other. You can have both and do it in a way that works for you and your family. So yeah. Tell us about a mom sense moment you had. And by that, I mean a time that you fully trusted your intuition. It was interesting when I started the business, it's like I had this instant clarity that I was like, this is something and this is going to work out and it's going to work out in favor of our family and our kids. And I got lucky enough that it actually did. So Mm -hmm. I think that was probably the biggest one, but there's been also probably a thousand other tiny examples along the way of just where you, I think as a mom, you become so much more secure in who you are and being able to listen to that inner voice and say, okay, she knows what she's talking about. Like she's telling you that for a reason and kind of leaning into that, especially when it comes to your kids. Let's not forget our quote of the day. Is there a quote that you live by? I do have a sign in my office that says the world is your oyster because I love being at the beach. And I think that that's just a fun, like little pun, but also the fact that like anything is possible. And I know that's like really cheesy to hear that in like Disney movies, but 
I truly believe that like we have the power to design the lives that we want to live. And if you're willing to put in the work and commit to it, chances are it's probably going to happen for you. Exactly. Exactly. And can you kind of give us a little guide for those who are listening who either want to become a VA or hire one? Well, not to be a shameless plug, but if you need an amazing VA, we always love to connect you with one of our amazing students. So feel free to reach out to us because we have a whole slew of women just waiting to help you. And if you're looking to get started, we have a lot of really great free resources on our website that I would check out. It's literally as simple as deciding who you want to work with, what skills it is that you can offer them, and then align yourselves with people that need help with those. It's that simple. Like it doesn't have to be super overcomplicated. And if you're like, wait, I need all the steps in between, feel free to check out our website and there are plenty of things to help you along the way. That's excellent. And tell us about your website and where my audience can find you. Our website is thevirtualassistantstudio.com. And if you want to come hang out on social media, it's just my name, Amanda Resch Holmes. We also have an amazing community, our podcast, The Millennial Mom Movement, where we sort of walk through some of this stuff of like what it really looks like to be a virtual assistant and like tell me the inside scoop on working with influencers and even talking with women like yourself about how to get started in podcasting and, and all the fun things that come into being an online business owner. Oh, that's excellent. Amanda, you have been a joy. I'm so excited for you and all the moms that you've helped building their confidence along with building their businesses. And it's an incredible feat. So thank you again for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. Thanks for listening to my episode with Amanda Rush Holmes. And thank you to GoToGal and Jacqueline Malone for making this possible. I hope you got some great takeaways from Amanda. I think it's empowering how she started her own business from scratch and is helping so many others do the same by starting their own virtual assistant career. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review that Total Mom Sense wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm going to share a review from Tara Wilson. She writes, absolutely love this podcast, exclamation marks. This podcast helps you navigate motherhood. Kanika is so genuine. You can learn a lot, but also enjoy yourself while listening. It's so inspiring. I love the interviews. Thank you, Kanika. Tara. Thank you, Tara. Thanks so much. I appreciate your kind words. And I'm so glad that this is an uplifting part of your day. And I've made your podcast cut. Follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chadda Gupta. That's where you get to know all about my guests and a little bit about me. And you can write to me at thatsotomomsense at gmail.com. I love reading your fan mail and your letters. And I write to each one personally. And now a word from our sponsors. Hi again, it's Kanika. Before we wrap up, have you tirelessly been Googling the best work from home jobs? Are you looking for the type of job that allows you to show up in the most important parts of your life yet still bring home a paycheck? Or are you looking for a side hustle that fits into your already packed schedule? You might even have exhausted a search or 10 on Google, Instagram, and random mom groups trying to find a work from home job, one that pays well, offers flexibility, and won't bore you out of your mind. As a mom of three, it's important to me to be present and spend time with my kids after school while having a thriving career in podcasting during the hours that work for me. 
And that's why I partnered with Amanda Rushholmes, founder of Full-Time VA, to sponsor this episode, because she gets it. As parents, we can't be in two places at once, and work-life balance is a misnomer. A career as a virtual assistant allows you to set hours that work for you, so you have time for your family and you each week. Being a virtual assistant comes with amazing perks like offering the services you want to offer, setting your own rates, working the hours you want to work, and being your own boss. This is how you can be present for your family and have a fulfilling career, bringing in income on your own terms. No more wishing, hoping, and Googling. Now you might be thinking, this sounds good, but how do I actually get started as a virtual assistant? Amanda has put together a free training on how to be a virtual assistant that makes full-time income with part-time hours. There are actually two versions of this training. So whether you're looking to ditch your nine to five or start a side hustle, there is a customized training for you. And as a special gift for that Total Mom Sense podcast listeners, when you visit the full-time VA, dot com backslash mom sense. Amanda is also including a bonus free guide, the VA Kickstarter workbook. So visit the fulltime va.com backslash mom sense to grab your free training and guide. Now back to the interview. Remember, always trust your mom sense and dad sense. Stay strong, super parents. I'll see you next time. That's total mom sense.